You're listening to the Cheer Biz Podcast, where we dive into the business of running and owning your gym. Join us as we speak to industry experts, business gurus, and discuss how we can take your passion and turn it into profit. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are going to be doing my response to a kind of viral trend I've seen around Facebook. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of a trigger warning. Some of you who I know personally have posted this on your feeds, and I want to make sure that you know that I'm not coming for you personally, but I just, I can't. Uh, leave well enough alone on these things. So I'm going to be giving you my personal opinion on uh, the ugly things nobody talks about as a small business owner trend that has been uh, going around Facebook. Now, before we get into the episode, make sure you've headed on over to Cheer and Gymnastics Gym Owners on Facebook, as well as All-Star Cheer Coaches and Owners on Facebook as well. And you have joined those two groups, especially if you are an owner. If you're just a coach and you're not an owner of your facility yet, no stress. Just join that All-Star Cheer Coaches and Owners group. Lastly, head on over to NG uh, or NextGenerationGymOwners.com. Uh, where you can learn more about our conference. You can learn more about joining the Academy. You can schedule a call with Justin or I to learn more about what it means to join the Academy and start getting business mentorship. Give yourself the gift of a profitable business next year by getting some business coaching. That's just my my one semi-shameless plug uh, to get started in the Academy or at least get to our conference in San Diego. It's going to be amazing. Now, This is a trend that has been going around Facebook. I've seen a ton of cheer and gymnastics gym owners post this, and it was actually posted by someone who is not a cheer and gymnastics gym owner, I don't believe. Uh, It looked like they were an owner of a small retail shop, and it was their thoughts, their um, ugly things that nobody talks about as a small business owner. Now, my first thing with this is stop complaining. Stop complaining. And some of you are like, ouch, Dan, that hurts. No, I'm I'm not meaning it to hurt. I'm saying stop complaining and stop surrounding yourself with people who are complaining. Look for solutions. It's okay to say this is a challenge or this is a problem and find active solutions to it. But when you find that you surround yourself with people who complain about things, they you're, you're surrounding yourself with people who are in the wrong mindset. They're not in a positive space. And when you surround yourself by with people who are not in a positive space, or you allow that stuff into your psyche and say, yeah, I identify with that, you are actually detracting from your own power. So instead of looking at things from the complaint space, which I get it, you guys, like I've been there. I have to remind myself of this all the time. Like when I say stop complaining, I actually tell myself this inside my own head. When I find myself talking about things that I'm unhappy with and I'm not solution based, I literally tell myself, Dan, stop complaining. Nobody cares, right? Nobody really cares about your complaints. So instead of complaining, identify the problem and work towards solutions. So that's my my initial first response. Now, I want to break down each one of the points, and some of them I agree with, but I think that they're framed not 
perfectly. I, I think they take a victim perspective, and I don't believe that we are victims. I believe you you choose to be a victim for as long as you allow it. Now, can you be a victim? Yes, absolutely. I, I've literally been listed in police reports as a victim of crimes, right? Uh, my house has been burglarized once. Uh, I've had people try and shoot me. I have that that makes you technically a victim. But at no point in time, aside from maybe the burglary, did I truly feel like a powerless victim. Like I was in a position where someone did something illegal towards me or unlawful, but I wasn't powerless in the circumstance. Okay, so number one is you are fully dependent on yourself to pay your bills. And when you're in your first two to five years, it's real dicey. Now, that's true. I don't know that no one talks about that as a reality of being a small business owner. You are fully dependent on yourself to pay your bills. That just kind of goes without saying. Any business is fully dependent on itself to pay its bills. And yes, the first two and even up to five years can be really dicey. My first five years were dicey. I've, I've talked about it. But it doesn't have to be dicey. It doesn't have to be because there are so many resources out there like this podcast, like Next Gen Academy, like the other opportunities you have to grow and learn and take advantage of all the resources, let alone YouTube videos, where you can learn a lot of skills that make it a lot less dicey. So if you do things the right way, if you read books and you pay attention and you get some mentorship and you you learn, it's going to be a lot less dicey. And owning a business is always dicey. We, If you owned a business during COVID, you experienced how your business can go from being great to being very, very dicey and very uncertain really quickly. And that is a super stressful position to be in. So I don't full on disagree with this one, but again, you're not a victim. It's, it is dicey in the sense of it has risk, uh, but you can make some major steps in day one, week one, to help make it be less dicey by not overextending yourself, by making sure you're working in your, your budgeting correctly, by not getting into a building you can't afford, by offering programming that you charge the correct rate for. Like These are all things you can do to make things less dicey. Number two, there is no salary, no benefits, no insurance, no weekends off, no sick days, no taking the day off when you don't have childcare, no ever being done ever. Um, no, is my response to that. Um, that I think that's a really horrible mindset. I've talked about it in previous episodes of like the, the grind all the time mindset is wrong. Number one, there absolutely is a salary. There, there can be a salary. You just have to budget for it. In fact, if you are an S corp, you're required to pay yourself a salary. So that's just not true. If, there, if you don't have a salary, it's because you're making decisions that don't allow you to have a salary. And if you aren't paying yourself a salary, then you need to get some business mentorship. End of discussion. Uh, there's no benefits. There's no insurance. Um, Yes, there are. Small businesses can have retirement plans. They can have other benefits. You can have paid time off. You have you can get health insurance through your small business. I, I've done it. I have benefits. In fact, the first way I started paying myself was paying into a Roth IRA. So these things do exist. There are weekends off. You just have to choose whether or not you allow yourself weekends off. There are sick days. Now, is it 
not quite the same. Sure. You don't get to like truly just, you don't have to call into your boss. If I'm not feeling great, I can modify my schedule and stay in bed all day if I want to. Right. So like there's the exact flip side. I can take every weekend off. I can never work overtime. I can take the day off in the middle of the week if I want to. I just have to schedule it. I have to plan it just like you would at any other job. Um, there's no taking the day off when you don't have childcare. Childcare can be a real challenge, um, but it's a real challenge for everyone. It's a real challenge for someone who works full-time as well. What if your nanny is sick or your, um, you know, where you have your kids go to daycare is closed for the day because the provider is sick or it's a snow day and the kids are home from school. Like that's, everyone's situation, just because you're a small business owner doesn't suddenly make you a victim to that. Uh, You just, again, you have to plan, you have to budget, you have to strategize. Uh, And the whole no ever being done ever, look, I identify with that. In fact, I talked about in my episode a while back of my boss is an a-hole, I talked about how oftentimes as business owners, we treat ourselves much worse than we would treat our own employees. But there is being done if you structure it in. If you make yourself do it, you have to stop giving yourself permission to treat yourself like crap. You have to actually intentionally build time in your schedule to be with your kids. If you don't do those things, they won't happen. So making sure that you plan for that, you build it into your schedule, you can do it. This misperception of that there's no salary, no benefits, no insurance, no weekends off, no sick days, no taking days off when you don't have childcare, no ever being done ever. It's just not true. That That is you allowing it to happen. And like I said, I know I'm going to trigger some people. I know there's going to be some people who are like, Dan, how dare you say that? But it's the truth, guys. It's the truth. And I can acknowledge it when I'm doing it, Right. Are there certainly times that you have to grind, that you have to push, that you have to go harder? Yeah, absolutely. You're going to have to figure those things out within your life. But the same thing happens in a full-time job. If you're on a full-time salary, there are times where your boss says, hey, this project has to get done and I don't care. So it, it happens everywhere. It's not just for small business owners. The advantage is, is that hour of work you do could be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars for you by doing that actual work and effort. When I build a marketing plan for my business and I spend two hours building a marketing plan and I run some ads, that can equal to thousands of dollars. Thousands versus I know I get paid $40 for the hour of work that I did. Um, We again talk about young kids. Consistent help with young kids is humanly impossible. And when you don't have it, it's an absolute hot mess, hot, stinking mess. Like take six months to open your shop, hot mess. Um, Yeah, I mean, having young kids and working and being a business owner, I mean, whatever it is, having young kids is a investment. I think it's a really worthwhile investment. There's nothing more important you can do with your life than have kids, in my personal opinion. I know some of you are like, I don't ever want to have kids. That's fine. That's for you. I have always wanted to have kids. I'm so happy I have my three kids. As much as there are days that they want to make me more bald and rip more of my hair out, I I love it. And I am so grateful for the opportunity to be a father and be able to raise my kids with my wife, Tori. 
Next, social media does not support small businesses. In fact, they've made it 10 times harder, not exaggerating, to build and grow now. We work twice as hard for a quarter of the reach. So yes and no. Um, So social media does not support small businesses. Uh, That's not really true. Um, They give the same opportunity to small businesses as they do large businesses. Large businesses just have a bigger reach because they have a bigger budget and they oftentimes need a bigger reach because they're trying to reach a national uh, group as opposed to a a very small niche market within your local community. So to say that social media does not support small businesses is just not accurate. Have we are we now gone from the days where you could pay five dollars and get an insane amount of reach on Facebook? Yep, absolutely. We've that that ship has sailed. That doesn't mean there aren't affordable ways to market in the social media space. Social media also provides free access to clients. Now, is the reach more difficult? Yeah, absolutely. The algorithms are built to show people things that they interact with. But the question is, is that a fault of the social media platforms or is that a fault of what the content that you are putting out? You have to determine that because if people are not interacting with any of your content, then that tells you something. That means you need to adjust the content that you're putting out and start putting out things that people are going to watch and are going to click on. The reason that people aren't seeing it is because they don't interact with it. So make sure that you are utilizing your social media correctly. If you need help with that, then you can either hire someone, you can outsource some of that stuff, or you can get some mentorship and learn how to do it yourself. But has the reach become more difficult? Yes. The, the market is saturated now. Like everyone has Facebook. Every business has Instagram. Even 60-year-old grandpas who have businesses oftentimes have Instagram and Facebook and all these other social media platforms. So the reason your reach is harder is not necessarily because social media doesn't support small businesses. It's just, it's, you know, the phone book went from being, but you know, if we're looking at a phone book example, the phone book went from being 20 pages to a thousand pages because everyone got in it and now you just blend in. So you have to find ways to set yourself apart. You're that's just the world evolving everyone. Like back in the day, I actually was just listening to a podcast where a comedian was talking about how when he was a young kid, he got his start by being on TikTok and he could actually reach out directly to comedians like Dave Chappelle and message them and respond and interact with them as a 16-year-old kid because no one was it, TikTok was pretty small. Like people didn't have millions of followers. He was like Ashton Kutcher was the only person with a million followers. So it was because of the limited uh, usage of it that you were able to interact with everyone. So things have just grown. It's not really a social media attacking you. It's you needing to evolve with the times. That, that's like sitting here and being like, print media doesn't do anything anymore. And that's the print company is trying to ruin it for small businesses. No, it's just the world is evolving. So learn from these things. Uh, next point. Once you force yourself to hire employees because you can't do it all, you pay them before you pay yourself. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I identify with that. Uh, your employees and paying your employees is absolutely the thing that is going to come first. If you are tight on budget, you're going to pay your employees because you legally have to and it's the right thing to do. And you're oftentimes going to pay yourself last. 
That said, there are some really amazing strategies for not doing this. Okay. You can absolutely positively by following profit first, by getting some business mentorship, by learning how to budget correctly, by learning how to do your allocations correctly, you can make it so you're not in that boat where you are hiring employees <coughs> outside of what you have budgeted. Um, small business loans aren't for small businesses. Again, no, um, they they are. Uh, I know many, many, many very small businesses, micro businesses that got small business loans. Um, are they harder to get right now? Yeah, absolutely. All loans are harder to get right now with the inflationary cycle and where things are at. Like, But there are other ways of creative financing and other ways to get started. Small business loans absolutely are for a small business. When I got started, granted, it was a different era, but this was just this wasn't too far after the 2008 collapse. Um, I mean, things were starting to rebound, but I was able to get small business loans for equipment and things like that. It just depends on how much you're asking for. If you're trying to go in as a brand new business with no revenue, no resources, and you're walking into a bank and saying, I need a $2.5 million loan to build a building and buy all this equipment, and you have no collateral, yeah, you're not going to get it. That's, that's, does that make sense? Like I, would you give someone that loan? Like, I know you want it because you believe in your business and we in our society believe that because we want something that means we deserve it, but no bank is going to give you that loan. So yes, they do ask for revenue. Yes, they do ask for collateral. And sometimes they don't even ask for revenue. Sometimes they don't care. They just want to know what collateral do you have so we can use that towards this loan. Like it's going to happen. So small business loans are for small businesses. They're just not for non-existent businesses. And even then you can find loans, get creative, shop around, like stop taking no for an answer. Just because one bank tells you no, then go to the next bank, go to a smaller bank, go to a local bank. There are all sorts of options out there when it comes to financing to include the SBA. The SBA offers loans for small businesses. Learn how to leverage them. There are people who will give you loans. Like there are people who do financing. So find out those options. So small business loans are for small businesses. I just I disagree with this point. I don't know where they were coming from. Uh, people will think you're a millionaire because you make sales and look successful when you are barely a $2 heir because you have to reinvest every single dollar for the first few years. Again, um, I I hear where you're coming from. I've definitely had people do the same thing to us, especially early on. They're like, you're making so much money because we pay X amount of dollars a year. And I'm like, look, you pay X amount of dollars a year, but that all just passes immediately through the business and goes primarily to paying for staff, paying for uniforms, paying for competitions, paying for rent. Like there's not a lot of meat left on that bone by the time everything else that has to run the business has taken its bite out of it. That said, like I mentioned before, you can fix this with proper budgeting, following profit first if you're a small business, because that's what we recommend within NextGen. Like it just works. Uh, it's worked for hundreds of gyms. Um, thousands, I would say, uh, you can absolutely fix this problem. Now, I think part of the misnomer here is a lot of people don't know what a millionaire is. Um, they think, well, if I'm a millionaire, it means I have a million dollars in the bank. 
No, it means that your net worth is a million dollars. So between your house and the business assets that you own outright and that like you per you own and all of those other things, if they're under your name, all of those things combined, if they equal more than a million dollars, then technically speaking, you're more than a millionaire or you're a millionaire. Uh, so it really is about like how much you how much value you have in assets versus how much you owe, right? So there's a there's a whole formula to figure it out. But a lot of people uh, who own small businesses are actually doing much better than being a, a $2 heir. They may be only paying themselves $2, which again is a choice and is the wrong choice. So don't do that. And if you are doing that, then get some help. You can fix it. Within three months of business mentorship, you can start paying yourself. A hundred percent. No question. You can do it. We have the formula. We do it over and over and over and over again. Okay. So that is, that's a choice. It's a bad one. Would I have identified with this statement in year two? Yeah. Because Tori and I weren't paying ourselves regularly. It was kind of intermittent. We'd pay ourselves randomly and it was just when there was money left over, but we didn't know what we were doing. And there's no excuse for that anymore. There's so many resources out there and there was really no excuse for it at that time. We just weren't investing in learning in year one. We were just focused on just kind of do what we thought. And we thought we'd do what our previous business owner did with the person we bought the gym from. And that that would all work out. And it, it didn't quite necessarily. So we had some hard lessons learned there. But you don't have to be a $2 heir at all. Um, you can start paying yourself from day one, week one. Um, you feel like you're letting down almost everyone in your life because there's not enough of you to go around. I hear that. I hear that. Absolutely. Um, but again, that's because of a choice, uh, that you are making in terms of how you are managing your time and how you're allowing your business to run you versus running your business effectively. And again, the answer to all this is if you don't know how to do these things, you need to get some coaching, you need to do some learning because there are so many ways you can manage your time, you can build the structure of your day, you can use time management. I've talked about some of these things on previous episodes. Um, now, that said, this feeling is not unique to small business owners, right? There, this happens with people who work full time. This happens to people in salary jobs as well. Um, it is more common in small business owners, but again, it's because you're allowing your business to run you. You're feeling like you have to do all of the things in the business at all times, and you don't have to do that. Uh, some days feel really, really lonely. Yep, they do. So find communities and surround yourself with people who are on the same journey as you, or even better, surround yourself with people who are further in the journey than you. Surround yourself with people who've been there, done that, and been successful, because that's going to rub off on you. This is, again, why I go back to the stop complaining thing. If you're surrounding yourself with people who are complaining all the time, then it's going to put you in the wrong mindset. Surround yourself with people who are looking for solutions, who are building, who are progressing, who are crushing it. Those are the people you want to surround yourself with. Yes, you can come and be like, man, I'm so frustrated about this thing, but they're going to turn around. They're going to go, stop complaining, do this, right? So it doesn't have to feel lonely. It's, it's good. There's going to be days that feel lonely, but there are days in any job that feel lonely, right? You can make that choice. And especially if you're in cheer, there is no reason to feel lonely as a business owner. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, join our Facebook groups. And you can literally post in one of those Facebook groups, hey guys, I'm feeling really lonely. This is what I'm going through. And you're going to get people to respond with kindness and compassion and empathy. 
Opening a shop and trying to keep your e-commerce biz alive during a challenging financial climate is for the dang birds. The dang birds. Um, yeah, that sucks. It's really hard to run a business during uh, challenging financial climates. Uh, it is. It's difficult. Uh, but choose to look at this as an amazing opportunity to sharpen your spear. Iron sharpens iron. Tough times make tough business owners, which makes you more frugal, more smart, uh, a better salesperson, building better products. Switch your mindset. It, Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's hard. Okay. I've done lots of things in my life that suck that are worth it. In fact, my teams, I tell them all the time, hey, we're going to do some things that really, really suck. We're going to do five full outs tonight. At, on a level six team. And it's going to suck. Like by number four, you're going to be smoked, but it's going to pay off. It's going to be worth it. Doing things that are hard are worth doing. Doing things that are easy are lame, right? So take advantage of that time. Take advantage of the fact that it's a tough financial climate and learn. Use it to sharpen you instead of sitting back and being like, oh, dang, it's the economy. Pivot, figure it out, right? Like, like I mentioned before, COVID, Man, if we figured out COVID, we can figure it out. We can absolutely figure it out. Uh, the weight of people's expectations on you feel really heavy sometimes. They're quick to let you know how you're falling short. Uh, this is absolutely true. I, I will agree with that. The weight of people's expectations uh, feel really heavy sometimes. Uh, same thing goes with every job I've ever had. Um every group I've ever been a part of, every team I've ever been a part of. I don't want to let people down. Um People's expectations when I was in the army were high, when I was in police work were high, uh, people's expectations when I was, uh, cheering in high school and college were high. When I was in the theater program, they were high. Like people have high expectations and they should, that helps me rise to the occasion. Um, it does suck to have people be quick to let you know when you're falling short. Um, but again, I've done other episodes on this, but when people are complaining, that's an opportunity to learn. I get that it sucks. I get that it doesn't feel good, but it's an opportunity to learn. If you really can't manage that, I would recommend finding ways to insulate yourself from people's feedback. Put an employee in between that so when there's negative stuff coming, it's not quite hitting you right away and then they can filter out the nonsense that you don't need to hear. Um, and or get a therapist. Like it, If you're not going to therapy, if you're not learning, if you're not... Um, talking through these things with someone who can help you manage through them, do it. If if you need that and you need, like, do it. You guys, I go to a therapist. I go once a month. It's great for me. Sometimes we talk about being a parent. Sometimes we talk about being a husband. Sometimes we talk about being a business owner. It's okay. Like, it's just good for me to have a faith-based person that I can talk about the things I'm going through and he can help me reorient. And a lot of times he goes, Dan, you're man, you're on the right path. You're doing great. Here's a couple things to think about. And I'm like, thank you. Gives me some resources. Great. Thank you. Okay. There are people out there that can help you with that feeling. Uh, you work 365 days a year and 16 hours a day. Again, that's a choice. Uh, you don't have to work 365 days a year. Uh, you don't have to work 16 hours a day. Uh, you can work as much as you want. Now, do you sometimes get reward for grinding? Yeah, absolutely you do. Uh, but what I find with working with a lot of business owners is oftentimes that 16 hours a day that they're working 16 hours a day, um, they're really working like five and the rest of their time is spent very ineffectually 
looking at different tabs, responding to random emails that don't need to be done, reading articles and things on Facebook, um, and not really working as efficiently as they could. So oftentimes you don't need to work 16 hours a day. Do I work a lot? Yeah, I absolutely do work a lot. I work uh, five days a week, generally minimum, um, at least some amount of time, but some days I work three hours and some days I work 12. It just, it kind of depends on the day. I build my schedules the way I want to build them. Uh, so you don't have to do that. Did I do it at one point in time? Yeah. There was a point in time where when I was working full time and coaching at the gym five nights a week, I was working an insane amount of time, but it's because I was working a full-time job. You can make those choices as a business owner. And if you're working 365 days a year, you're just doing it wrong. You've got to take days off. I'm about to go on vacation for two weeks. Like you got to, you got to do it. Go on vacation or in two weeks. I'm not going on vacation for two weeks, but in the month of December, I will be off from work for almost two weeks. Enjoy it. Enjoy life. Okay. We all get the same amount of hours in a week. It's like what? 160 hours a week or something like that. It, what we do with them is our choice. Uh, it takes 47 days to respond to text messages and emails, even if the answer is okay. Um, I just don't identify with that at all. Uh, I respond to text messages and emails and uh, messages right away. So I'm not sure why it would take 47 days to respond to things. Um, I, I think that's saying that the overload on emails and voice uh, notes and voicemails and calls and all those things is a lot. Um, Good. That's a great first world problem. That means that you have a lot of business coming in and you probably need to hire someone to help manage some of those things. Uh, you need to practice inbox zero. So you're not getting overwhelmed by a bunch of email stuff. Uh, you need to respond to text a little bit faster. Uh, you need, maybe you need to set time time aside in your day to respond to messages. Maybe you set aside 30 minutes in your day once a day to go through all your text messages that you had to like marinate on and respond to all of them. Maybe that's what you do. Uh, you watch people doing huge things around you and you have to keep your peace and stay focused and not allow comparison to creep in. Uh, I actually think that's true. Although a lot of times when people are doing huge things around you, um, I just like to sprinkle a little bit of, I'm going to take away 25% of how awesome they say that is and assume that it's not quite that great. Because it, when we live in the social media world, look, people some people post all their horrible things on social media, but most people are posting their wins, the positive things, the things that are going well on social media. So you're not really getting the true picture of what's going on in their lives. Um, but as you watch people doing huge things and, and keep your peace and stay focused, um, instead of comparing, go to that person and say, holy crud, that's amazing that you just did what you did. How'd you do that? Will you teach me? I'll pay you, right? Like learn from people. When people are doing huge things, ask them for how they did it because that's going to make you better. Don't compare yourself. It's okay to say, I, I didn't do that. What do you think I do as a cheer coach? I surround myself with some of the most amazing coaches through my camp company. I just was in uh, Miami, Florida at the Top Gun Showcase representing Dream Camps and I was staying with Sean Guzman and Callie Seitzer. They both won worlds as coaches. Like they're fantastic coaches. Do you think I'm sitting around and being like, oh, I, 
I'm, I've never won worlds. I'm not as good as you. No, I'm picking their brain constantly. How did you do that? What are you doing with mental toughness? How are you training that? Like when Callie is talking to me about things, instead of being like, oh, that's cool, man, I suck. I didn't do that. I go, well, how'd you do that? How are you doing that? How are you implementing that? I try to learn from them. So instead of comparing myself, like, yeah, they're better than me. Instead of comparing myself, learn. Uh, you're desperate for a vacation, but the whole $2 air thing. <coughs> Um, one vacations don't have to cost a lot of money. You can take a, a home vacation. You can go on vacation and just stay home. I'm not going to work. I'm just going to be at home. I'm going to sit in my backyard. I'm going to fire up the, the fire in the backyard or whatever it is you have at your home. You can just stay home and do a, a staycation. Um, you can go rent a hotel room down the street and pay, 500 bucks for a weekend and go out to dinner with your spouse or your loved one. Or, I mean, there's so many different ways that you can take a vacation. Additionally, if you're a $2 air, um, you're doing something wrong. So just you, you get some help because if you're paying yourself $2 a year and that's all you have, uh, to make your, your finances work, you got to fix that. Like that's going to burn you out faster than anything else is going to. Um, so fix that problem and go on vacation. Like just go on vacation. Uh, Tori and I for a long time kind of struggled with this. We would take, you know, one vacation a year and it would be in the summer and it would be with my family. And like, that would be like our one big vacation. We would do like a little day trip for our anniversary or things like that, but not like a true vacation. And then what we learned is just schedule it, just schedule a vacation, find a decent ish time that you can leave your business and just freaking schedule it. And you know what? You'll work it out. But when you, when you put it on the calendar, when you put a deposit down, you'll figure it out. So just schedule it. Just make those vacations happen. There's no reason not to. Um, last one is some days I want to cry, but oddly, I never want to quit. Actually, I love that. Like emotions are a real thing. And I love that this individual never wants to quit. Um, and I love that everyone posting this said uh, they don't want to quit or they're, they're affirming that they don't want to quit. Um, yeah, don't quit right? Don't quit because yes, there are going to be struggles. Like I said, a lot of these things are not like completely wrong. I just think they're taken in a, in a victim style path. So don't quit and find solutions to all these problems because you can do it. Now I apologize to the individual who originally posted this. I apologize to everyone who shared it. If, if you feel like I'm coming for you, I'm not coming for you. I'm not trying to like own you. What I want is for your life to be even better. I read this and I go, please don't think like that. I don't want you to be in this mindset of being a victim to your business. It's, it's the worst. That's literally why our company exists is to help people not be in that position. So when I hear that our people are still feeling that way or they're allowing themselves to feel that way, it breaks my heart. And it's something that I have to like, I have to step up and say, let's change our mindset on this. Let's change this. If you are only paying yourself nothing or you're a $2 heir, then let's fix it. Your business should be a value add for you, your family, your clients, and everyone in your community. It should be those things. And if it's not, then there's something that's not working right and we want to fix it. Okay. You can do that, but it's going to take some diligent work.
All right, everyone. I went. This was a long one. I know. I was going through a lot of stuff. Um, I appreciate you listening to the end. If you're looking for another great podcast, make sure you check out the Let's Talk Cheer podcast and the Cheer Mom podcast. They're both fantastic. Uh, check out everything we have going on with Next Gen. We got some really cool stuff coming in January too. Like 2024 is going to be crazy. There's going to be a lot of really cool things coming out um, from Next Gen, from me, uh, from everyone on the team. It's going to be awesome. So make sure you're keeping an eye out for that and get to conference because we're going to be announcing a few of them at conference and you're not going to want to miss it. With that, I appreciate you listening. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.